going to be a good day. Turn to somebody and tell them it's going to be good. This is going to be good. Get ready. I, I, what I'm excited about right now is this word has just been in me for about 18 months. Uh, I, I found these two characters in the Bible, and I was like, man, who are these guys? And I've been wanting to preach this, and I finally found a way to preach it. And it, I pray that today what I'm going to speak is just going to have faith rise up in you. Like, I, I don't know where you're at if you're new to, to our experience and, and what we're doing here. We're just a bunch of people that believe in the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose. Man, our true north is Jesus, man. That's why we're here today. That's why we got up early. That's why we came through the rain. I think that rain was beautiful today, by the way. I felt that rain was just beautiful. It's like, man, that's just like the rain of God. And that's what I'm praying for you today. That's what we've already been praying for you today, is that the rain of our God would fall down upon a dry and thirsty land, that whatever you need, he would quench that thirst so much so that it would be overflowing in your life. So we're in this series called The Psalms of Summer. It's been really fun uh, reading through the Psalms together. If you haven't seen that, you can get that on social media or on our website. Follow along with different Psalms that we're reading. Uh, Today we're going to read Psalm 136. Uh, You can look that up if you want at this time. We're going to put some of it on the screen. I'll tell you why here in just a moment. But if you want to look that up, uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, download version. great version of the Bible. And uh, in Psalm 136, it's a very, very interesting um, psalm because what we see in Psalm 136 is the psalmist, we're not really sure who wrote this, but the psalmist who wrote this wrote it kind of um, as a responsive reading. Anybody old school church going where you grew up and the preacher would say something and then you would repeat it, the preacher would say something and then you would repeat it, get ready, we're going to do that, all right? And that comes... From, the, from this, from this idea, and this is what the Jewish people would do, is they would gather in assemblies like this, and they would proclaim how all the things that God has done, they proclaim who God is, and then together they would say these amazing statements. Like today, we're going to say this amazing statement that's said 26 different times, man, about how faithful our God is. But we're going to pick it up in the middle of the psalm, okay? So we'll put it on the screen. And the part that's underlined is your part, okay? So that's the part you're going to say, all right? Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. He killed powerful kings. Sion, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance, a special possession to his servant Israel. He remembered us in our weakness. He saved us from our enemies. Now, you got to ramp it up here a little bit, okay? Okay, because you're kind of getting that repetition right now where you're just like, it's faithful up. And, uh, uh, it's faithful up. But you got to say it like you mean it because, like, we have guests and stuff, and so you got to say it like you mean it, okay? All right, so you got to ramp it up a little bit, all right? He gives food to every living thing. That's what I'm talking about. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Father, thank you so much that your faithful love endures forever and ever and ever. And today, as we open your word, be an encourager to us today. Lift our head a little bit today. 
God, reframe different things that we're experiencing in our lives. Help us see the redemptive work that you do through everything we experience in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, I I love watching sports. Anybody here sports fans? You like sports? All right, like uh, five of us. All right, that's awesome. Okay, so I got the crowd. They always say win the crowd when you're speaking. Glad I won you right off the bat. It's going to be a tough crowd. All right, but I love sports. I, I, Laura, she likes to watch our kids play sports, but other than that, she's out, okay? So she's with you. Um, I am very passionate about basketball and football. Uh, and right now, we're in this time of the year where there's like, if you're a sports fan, it's just, it's dark, isn't it? It, it, is, it is like, this must be what hell is like. It's just, there's nothing happening. But those of you who, who don't love sports, you're like, this is amazing. I got my TV back. This is incredible. And if you don't love sports and nobody in your home loves sports, you're like, I don't really care. It's good all year long, all right? But fall is coming. There is an anticipation of Fall. We got to get ready for it. Boomer. So I'm talking about orange. Okay. All right. We'll work on that. That's, it's, it's, it's not here yet. So we're, we're, we're working towards it. We're, we're trying to get ready. But um, there's a big difference between watching a game live and watching it recorded. Like when you're watching a game live, you, you have no idea what is going to happen. And if you're watching your favorite team, you have no idea what's going to happen unless it's the national championship and you're an OU fan and you know they're going to tank and lose it and throw the game away. You know that, all right? Or, or I'll stop. Come on. <laughs> Too soon? All right. Or if you're an OSU fan, like, like you really don't know what's going to happen, especially if you're playing Central Michigan. You know, Oh, come on. Oh, that, that is too soon. I'm so sorry. But you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. And so, like, when I'm watching a game, I, I, when my team is struggling, I get stressed. I mean, really stressed. I start talking to the TV. Laura would say I'm yelling. I say I'm passionate. That's what I say. I, I'm I'm passionate about my sports. But I start talking to the TV like I'm like, time out, time out, time out, time, time out, time out. And, and what's crazy, I'm like, what are you doing? You ever do that? What are you doing? And it's like the TV, they, they, they can't hear you. <laughs> Why are you doing it? It's like the TV's yelling back at you like, what are you doing? I love to coach. I, I like to coach. You know, like, you need a timeout. We need a timeout. You, you know what? And I'm a Laker fan. I like the Lakers. I'm not a big Thunder fan. And so when the Lakers are playing the Thunder, I'm like, no, no, no. Put Carmelo back in the game. Put him back in the game. Don't have him go that. No, don't trade him. Keep him. He's amazing. But there's so much stress because you don't know the outcome. But what's hilarious is when you're watching a game and it's, and it's recorded, well, first of all, you do everything you can to avoid to find out what the score is, right? You put on noise-canceling headphones. You delete every app off of your phone. You wear a sign, I don't know the score. You don't want anybody to tell you. But if you do know the score, and if you know that your team won, it's really amazing because when they go through that dip, when, when they start struggling, you're just chilled. It's like, yeah, eating some popcorn, just hanging out like it's no big deal because you know, you know that they've had that turnover, 
that was returned for a touchdown. We're down by 17 points, but, but we're coming back because I know the, the outcome. It's always fun, too, to, when I'm watching a game recorded and you see the other team and they're getting all cocky. Like they th- and you're like, yeah, and you start mocking them. Like, yeah, you think you're going to win. Yeah, but you ain't going to win. Listen, as followers of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, we already know the outcome. It doesn't matter what opposition you face or what obstacles overwhelm you, we win. Like, we win. That's, that's what the psalmist is trying to get said here in Psalm chapter 136. Like, 26 times the psalmist says this, his faithful love endures forever. Come on, tell somebody in front of you and behind you, his faithful love endures forever. Let's encourage each other right now. His faithful love endures forever. Like when, when, when obstacles arise, when, when opposition overwhelms us, like we can stand in confidence. So why is it we freak out every single time opposition rises up or obstacles come our way? Am I the only one? I've been following him for three decades, and every time I start freaking out. Like opposition comes or you, you face an obstacle and all of a sudden you're just worried. You're just like, oh, I don't know how we're going to get through this. And, and you're stressed out and, and you feel like, oh, this is, this is it. This, we're going to be crushed by this and I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> Even though you know how this goes. And I'm talking to you if you're a follower of Jesus. Like you've been through this before. His faithful love has endured and carried you through but not this one. And it completely craters us. Well, I want us to look here right in the middle of this psalm. There's, there's two kings here that I became fascinated with about 18 months ago that I've been wanting to preach about. And, and we were introduced to them and, and the opposition that the nation of Israel was facing in Psalm 136. Go to verse 18, okay? This is where we're going to be, verse 18. It says this, he killed powerful kings, Sion, king of the Amorites. And this guy, he had a really cool, efficient chariot that he rode around his kingdom all the time. Sion? Okay, never mind. All right, anyway. I'm here all day. And Og, so you got King Og of Bashan, which Og sounds like something out of Shrek to me. Every time I See King Og, I see Shrek. I don't know why. Now you will every time you see it as well. So there's these kings. There's King Sion and there's King Og. And, and we're, most of us here are going, who? Now, there might be a few of us who know them, but we're like, I'm sorry. I, who, are, who are these guys? King Sion, King, King Og? I don't, I don't know who they are. So let, let, let me introduce you to these two guys. Uh, because... If you're, if you're new to church and you're new to the Bible, the Israelites, several thousand years ago, they were slaves in Egypt, and God set them free from slavery, from being in slavery for 400 years, and so they are headed to a land that God has promised for them. 
for, for, for a long time, God said, I'm going to send you to this land. And so Moses is leading them. You may be familiar with the story of the Red Sea. That kind of stuff is all in this kind of story. And as they're headed to the promised land, they, they come a, across this guy named King Sion and, and King Og. Now, now King Sion uh, of the Amorites, they are a massive fighting force. They are a superpower in the region. Like you've got the Egyptians who are a massive superpower, and then you've got the Amorites. They are the other massive superpower that they are now coming up against. And they're so powerful. Some of you are familiar with the story of Jericho and the walls of Jericho and how they fell. And Jericho was this massive fighting uh, machine, an impenetrable force. They were afraid of the Amorites. Like, they knew how powerful the Amorites were. There's, there's one king who was so fearful of them, he built a wall 170 miles long just to keep them out. His name was King Trump. So he... <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm here all day. I got, I got a bunch of these. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, is he political? I can't go to church if the pastor is political. I just can't do it. <laughs> Just can't do it. So anyway, King Sion, the Amorite, massive superpower. And they got this guy named Og, and most historians think that he, they, these two were brothers. And he, he's, he's a stud himself. He's got like 60 fortified cities, massive cities that nobody can penetrate or get through. Not only that, but he, is, he himself is a physically intimidating person. Like he's a massive man. Uh, history tells us this guy, we don't know exactly how big he was, but he slept on a bed that was 14 feet long, six feet wide, and made of iron. This is a massive human being. And yet we hear of these two incredible superpowers, yet few of us have ever heard of them. They're, they're just a, a footnote in history. But yet they're mentioned right here in, in Psalm 136 because for Israel, when they were headed to the promised land and they came across King Og and, and King, King Sion, at that point, and it wasn't just a footnote in history. For, for them, this was uh, an overwhelming obstacle in their path. This was an intimidating foe. Yet we see and we know that God gave them victory. In fact, you can, you can read the story in Deuteronomy and the book of Numbers kind of tells a little bit about the story. The children of Israel, they wanted to go to the promised land. They came up against King Sion and King Og, and they're like, hey, dude, can we just like go right through your kingdom? Like we're not going to hurt anybody. We're not going to take anything from you. We just want to pass through. And they're like, no, you cannot come through. I mean, they're just like they wouldn't let them come through. And so they went to war. And when they went to war against Israel, they actually went to war against God. You don't go to war against God. You're going to lose every time. And, and, and God gave them an amazing victory. I, 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 and now Sion and Og are just a footnote in history. So I, I want you to, to write this down because this is what I want to talk about for a few minutes here. Don't let a footnote overshadow God's faithfulness. Don't let a footnote overshadow God's faithfulness. Listen, we, we all have 
an enemy. And, and we have an enemy who stands in bold opposition to the promises that God has for your life. He doesn't want to see it happen for you. But praise be to God, we have Jesus on our side. And thanks to Jesus, the enemy is just a footnote in our story. He is not the story, he's a footnote. In fact, the Apostle Paul, who himself went through incredible adversity and obstacles and, and incredible opposition, he was thrown in prison for preaching the gospel, he was, uh, uh, um, he was beaten, he was just all kinds of horrific things happened in his life, but yet he writes this in the book of Romans, Romans 8, verse 37, he, he says all this, despite all these things. What, what things? Well, earlier he says, despite you know, trouble and trials and struggles and heartache and, and pain, and you, you put yours in there. You put in whatever it is, opposition or obstacle that, that you're, you're facing right now. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Listen, the enemy can't stand against you because of the one who stands with you. The enemy can't stand against you. He cannot because of the one who stands with you. Let's, let's tell one another, encourage one another right now. He can't stand against you. Come on, tell somebody right now. He can't stand against you. 26 times the psalmist says this, his faithful love endures forever. 26 times. But how many of you know it only takes like one scion or one og to overshadow all the times that God has been faithful in your life. That's all, it's all it takes. Well, yeah, well, you get something that comes your way, opposition or an obstacle, swings out in front of you, and you're like, well, it's been a good run. Well, I don't know how we're going to, I don't know how, how, I don't know how we're going to, how are we going to overcome this? And it can be so crushing and, 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 and so so defeating in that, in that moment. And listen, this is exactly what the enemy is looking for. The enemy is looking for people who will just roll over and give up. That's, that's what the children of Israel, they, man, you think about them. They, they had to fight their way into the promised land. They had to fight their way in. Like King Og and King Sion weren't just going to lay over and say, well, come on in. No, they had to fight their way. You're going to have to fight your way to your promise. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to stand strong. You're going to have to go to battle if you want to see your promise come to fruition in your life. The problem is, and the reason so many of us never see the promises in our lives, the faithfulness of God, is because we quit. We roll over. We let the enemy have the victory instead of rising up and saying, no, no, you're not going to have this. No, this will not be my story. No, that will be a footnote in my story. It will not be my story. I'm going to stand in faith. If you have a Bible or you can turn to this passage, but I, you probably ought to just write it down because I'm going to give you some of the clip notes of this. Paul, the same guy who wrote Romans, he wrote a letter to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, you might want to write that down, read it later. But he said in there, he said, the battle isn't with what you see. He said, the battle isn't with what you see. It's with the one you can't 
see. Your, your battle isn't with what you see. The battle is with the one you, you can't see. The battle is not out there. The battle is not out there. It's not with work. It's not with your family. It's not with all these obstacles and opposition that you see with your eyes. The battle is actually taking place in here. The battle is for your soul. That's what the enemy is after. He's after your soul. That's, he don't care about your family. He doesn't care about sickness. He doesn't care about your finances. That's just, that's just a way in which he can get to you. In fact, his weapons that the enemy uses, that he likes to use, are things like worry. When, when was the last time you worried? Do you think God handed you that? Hey, here's something to worry about. <laughs> no, the enemy comes at us with worry. When was the last time you were fearful of a situation or a struggle you were going through? Do you think God just went like, whoop, here's some fear for you? <laughs> no, the enemy has a weapon. It's called fear, and he comes at you. Doubts, you ever had doubts before? That's a weapon of the enemy. Things like addiction, that's a weapon of the enemy. Sickness is just a weapon of the enemy to come at it after you. Your financial struggle and things that you're dealing with, it's just a weapon of the enemy. And that's why Paul says the battle isn't with what you see. The battle is with the one you can't see. Think back to a time when you faced an overwhelming obstacle or opposition in your life. Now, for some of us, you don't have to think very far. You're like, uh, right now? <laughs> I got it right now. Why don't you think back to, to a time that you faced something in, you, in your life, a struggle or whatever it was. I want you to, do you remember the, the, the feelings that you had? Do you remember the, the emotions that you, that you experienced in, in, in that moment and just how it felt? Do you remember feeling like there was no way you were going to get through it? I'm not going to be able to get past this. This is the one that's going to do me in. It's always going to be like this. And you had the, these feelings of anger and you have feelings of pride and jealousy. All the weapons of the enemy comes at you to get you jealous, to get you bitter, to get you angry. All weapons that he pushes and and, and uses uh, against us. But, but do you remember as you look back on that? Do you remember that you, you made it through? Do you remember that God's faithful love endured through that and you a overcame those helpless feelings? See, the, the enemy wanted that to be your story. The enemy wanted that obstacle and that opposition that you once faced. He wanted that to be the end of your story. But God said, no, with me and through me, it's just going to be a footnote in the grand story that I am writing in your life. So don't let a footnote overshadow God's faithfulness. I mean, so, so often I think the, uh, the reason that we're defeated is because we want easy. Like we want easy and we want fast and, and we, want, we want convenient. It's like, it's like self-checkout, you know? You go, to, you go to the store, you know, and you're like standing there and you got all your items and then you look over at the line that's got like five people in it and one lady's got like three baskets and seven coupons and you're like, 
you're going to save like 30 cents today, lady. <laughs> I am not getting in that line. Plus, the checker's got the weird gloves on. You're like, I don't know what's happening. Does she have the disease? Is she not wanting me to get it? I'm not going to that line. <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm doing self-checkout because I can do it faster. And you kind of get cocky about it, do you? I get cocky about it. I'm like, I got this. I I don't need you to help me do that. And what's hilarious is it's really a bait and switch if you think about it. They get you doing their job. Like you're standing there and you're ringing up items and there's there's somebody right there that should be doing it for you. And they're standing there and they're like, thanks for doing my job. You're awesome. So anyway, you're standing there and you're just feeling cocky, you know, and it's just like, I mean, you're just rocking, aren't you? I got this. And then you get that one item. Doesn't do anything. Swipe it again and again and again and again. And you flip it like five times. You rub it. And then you go like this and it goes like three times. You're like, no. You hit the cancel button and the red light comes on. The red light of death. You're like, great. And that's when this person over here that was doing nothing comes over and has to take care of it for you. Same thing. We look over at God. We're like, oh, that's going to take forever. I'm going to have to pray. I'm going to have to trust I don't have a coupon. <laughs> you get cocky. I'm just going to do it myself. And then you run into all kinds of trouble. And it doesn't work out. See, when you, when you look back at the story and the children of Israel, like when it, when it came to entering the promised land for the children of Israel, nothing was easy. Nothing was fast. Nothing in their story was convenient. They had to fight their way to the promised land. I mean, it started with 400 years of slavery. Now think about that. They're in 400, if you don't know this story, they're in 400 years of slavery. They're not training for battle over here. Okay, they're not getting equipped for battle and training up and getting weapons and having, you know, their, their Israelite seals and stuff like that. No, they don't have any of that stuff. I mean, they're just in slavery. They come out of slavery, they get into the wilderness, and suddenly they're up against this massive superpower. What I, what I love about that, this, this story and the story of the Israelites is, is for 400 years the enemy was trying to weaken them. But for 400 years, God was preparing them and strengthening them. Just think about their leader, Moses. He was raised up through adversity, through trial, through opposition. He he was a Hebrew child. And the Pharaoh said, I'm going to kill every Hebrew baby. And so his mom was like, I can't keep him. And she put him in a little basket. She saw some of the Egyptians downstream, and she put Moses in this basket so that they would get him. And they got him. And if you know the story, it wasn't just any Egyptian that got him. It was Pharaoh's daughter that got Moses. And Moses was raised in adversity. He wasn't with his own people, but he was raised 
in the home of the greatest superpower the world had known at that time. Like he's learning military strategy. He's learning how to run a nation. Like how do you, how do you end up one day in charge of four million people and lead them through the wilderness? You get raised in the home of a superpower and you learn those skill, skills through adversity and through opposition and through oppression and struggle that he went through. The children of Israel, like, we hear this story, and, and it's a horrific story, and, and there's nothing pleasant about slavery. And, and during that time, the enemy was trying to beat them down and weaken them. But think about this. They're laying brick and mortar every single day. Every single day. They're, lay, they're, they're brick and mortar, brick and mortar, brick and mortar. What's happening in that moment? They're getting stronger, and they're getting stronger, and they're getting stronger, and they're getting unified, and they're getting in sync together so that by the time they got their freedom and they walked out into the wilderness, King Og and King Sion did not stand a chance. This is what God is doing for you. This is what he's doing for me. He is refining us in the fire. He is refining us in the struggle and in the opposition and in the struggles. And listen, what Paul says again, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. See, opposition and obstacles, they can either break you or they can build you. I want to encourage you, let them build you. Come on, can you high-five somebody next to you and tell them, let it build you. Let it build you. When opposition comes your way, like, nothing in this life is wasted when you're a child of God. Nothing is wasted. He used it all. Listen, God can redeem anything in your life, and then he can use it where the enemy wants to destroy you. He can use it to bring about victory later in your life. I mean, you might feel outmatched. You might feel outnumbered. You might be like the Israelites. You feel ill-equipped. You feel like I'm not ready for battle. But again, can I tell you what Paul said is overwhelming victory is ours. Not overtime victory. Not just squeak by, Hail Mary pass, last second buzzer beater victory. Overwhelming victory. You're not going to just squeak by in this life. It's time for us as followers of Jesus to say, I am tired of just existing. I am tired of just getting by. I am tired of just barely making it through my breakthrough. As followers of Jesus, we should rise up and say, man, this is going to be just a footnote because he is with me and I can overcome. So don't let a footnote overwhelm or overshadow God's faithfulness. We got, we got to continually remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. That's, that's really the only way that you can overcome obstacles and opposition that you face. Because every single time it shows up, you're going to feel like you can't make it. Every single, every single time. It's why 26 times the psalmist says, his faithful love endures forever. You've got to continually remind yourself over and over again of the faithfulness of God, especially when you're right in the middle of it. I mean, you, if you look at Psalm 136, it, in, in, on the front end of it, the psalmist says this. He says, man, don't forget God is good. You just got to remind yourself, he's on my side. 
I, I, he's a good God. He's not a mean God. He wants good for my life. He says he's, he's the God of gods. What does that mean? He's the God over your sickness. He's the God over your addiction. He's the God over the broken relationship. He is the God of gods. Every God bows to our God. Every affliction, every opposition, every obstacle bows to our God. He's the God of mighty miracles. We should be people who celebrate the mighty miracles of God. I love it that we turn in prayer requests. I love it. Let me just tell you real quick here. Some of the prayer requests that have come in this week. Somebody said this. Pray for me to get out of debt. Amen. Not, you know what? I ain't praying for you to get If this is you, I ain't praying for you to get out of debt. I ain't going to pray that prayer. I'm going to pray that God blesses you exponentially beyond what you could ever imagine. And you're rolling in the cash so that you can be a blessing to other people. You can't be a blessing to other people when you're in debt or you're just barely getting by. I, I mean, all the time I, I pray, God, bless me. Man, I'll take every dime you want to bring me, God. Make me as rich as you want to make me. Why? Because then I can bless a whole lot of people. You got to get a different mindset. Here's somebody else says, man, pray for me. I'm, I need a strong recovery from the addiction that I'm facing. Again, what is that? A weapon of the enemy. But I love this one too here. We need more of these coming in. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me through my heart surgery and healing me daily. I'm getting stronger every day. That is what we got to do. The miracles. The miracles of our God. We got to celebrate those. We got to think on those things. He said, man, he's the God who made heaven. He made earth. He made the sun. He made the moon. He made the stars. Like, again, the enemy can't stand against you because of the one who stands with you. He goes on and he, he talks about all the miracles that God did. He said, hey, he brought you out of Egypt. Just told that story. He, hey, he parted the Red Sea. Hey, he brought you through the wilderness. And oh, yeah. There's that King Sion and that King Og guy. Yeah, his faithful love endures forever. Like when you feel defeated, you, you got to just remind yourself of all the times that God has been faithful. 26 times the psalmist says his faithful love endures forever. Anybody know how many uh, letters are in the alphabet? Anybody? 26. Got a smart crowd here. I'm worried about second service, but I know this is the smart crowd, so... 26. Man, what if, what, if you, um, what if you just started at A and worked your way to Z? Like you started at A and you just kept reminding yourself, this is how God was faithful and this is how he was faithful. And you just kept going until faith finally rises up in you. Now you may think, oh, that's kind of corny. That's kind of gimmicky, isn't it? No, it's not. In fact, here in a few weeks, we're going to read Psalm 119. Do you know what Psalm 119 is based off of? They use the Hebrew alphabet. They find a way to praise God through the Hebrew alphabet. Now, now I want to encourage you. I, I've been practicing this all week, and it's just been incredible in, in my own life. And, but what I want to encourage you with is give some thought to it, okay? When you, when you do it, you got to stop. You can't just be like, um, hey, um, he's awesome. B, he's big. He's big. He's C, cool, he's cool, he's cool, D, I don't have anything for D, uh, E, F, he's, he's fun, he's fun, God, G, he's great, H, 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 hallelujah, I mean, come on, seriously, that is not going to cause faith to rise up in you, 
You, you got to focus. You got to really stop. It's going to require you stop. Come on, tell somebody you got to stop. You got you to stop and you got to think about the times that God has been faithful. Like in my own life, I'm like, hey, not hard for me. This past week, automobile. Took my car into the mechanic. He said, Brad, I think it's going to be about $1,000. Want, want. Opposition, obstacles right in my path. How am I going to, seriously, how am I going to pay for this? We don't have the money for this. I don't know what we're going to do. The mechanic calls him back two hours later. $55. Woo! Yeah! His faithful love endures forever. Reminding yourself, be, be, Brad. I'm thanking him for me because I'm amazing, okay? I mean, just look at this. You can steal that one as you will. Yeah, I'm thankful for Brad because he's incredible. If you need to borrow me because I'm just that great. <laughs> See, like cancer, specifically no cancer. Like our, our, last year, man, we were facing this cancer scare with Laura. Has it been longer than a year? I think it's been longer than a year. It's been two years now. Two years ago when I get a call from my wife that drops me to my knees because they tell her you might have cancer. That'll rock you. Those of you who have faced that, you know how that rocks you. And, and we went for weeks just not knowing and praying and believing. And man, they, they did surgery and, and they removed some things. And, and the doctor came out and he said to me, benign, benign, benign. Listen, his faithful love endures forever. Remind yourself. Remember, don't let a footnote overshadow God's faithfulness. Don't let the enemy end your story. Let God build your story. Let this be just a small footnote that builds the grand, amazing person that is you.